Hello and welcome to So What You're Saying Is, I'm Peter Whittle. Now, men, if you're thinking of getting married, don't. Uh, that is the message of a new campaign from one of the best known campaign groups in the UK, that's Fathers for Justice. It's a new campaign that started this week. And the founder of Fathers for Justice, Matt O'Connor, is with me today. I'm very pleased to say thanks very much for coming, Matt. Peter, thanks for having me. No, it's, a, it's great. Um, that's a bit of a bold statement, isn't it? Don't, it's a trap, isn't that what, this is, this is the basis of your new campaign, isn't it? Well, what we're saying under new no-fault divorce laws, which come in very shortly, yeah. we're saying that marriage should come with a public health warning for men. And our position is marriage is a trap. It's a man trap because the outcomes for men who are divorced are pretty uh, apocalyptic in terms of they, they lose their houses, they lose their homes, they lose access to their children. And under new no-fault divorce laws, the, all the sexist uh, notions of divorce remain. The idea that we pay spousal maintenance to women, the idea that children live with their mother and don't see their dad or have limited access to their dad. Yeah. So all the sexist, misandrous notions of divorce remain the same, but what's gonna happen under the new no-fault divorce laws, as I say, men will lose their houses, kids, uh, uh, and, and uh, relationships with the wives quicker. And I think the outcome of that is gonna be, I'd say, pretty uh, dreadful for a lot of men who go into marriage with good intentions. What, can you explain this? Because uh, I didn't know about this actually Matt, before. You know, we we, we uh, decided to uh, you know meet today. Mm. Um, what is the you say no fault divorce? Um, what was the position before, and what is changing then? Well, the position the position beforehand was that you could contest a divorce. Uh, you had to allow two years to pass from separation before you'd be given yeah. permission to divorce. So there was this contested. Uh, what the um, solicitor government would say, this kind of blame game issue that went on. Uh, but you've still got the finances which are, which are separate and you've still got children's issues. So what's been happening is a lot of men were quite keen to get divorced, but what they didn't realise is when they got divorced, they still had no access to the children. Mm -hmm. So child arrangements were entirely separate to divorce. Under the new laws, you can't defend a divorce. Uh, so, so that's the first thing. The second thing is it just speeds up the process now. So they've changed the language of divorce. So before you had a decree nisi and a decree absolute, yeah. Yeah. you've now got final orders, etc. They've simplified the language. But the problem's going to be that, you know, if you're a man, let's say you're going to get divorced quicker, faster, you're going to lose your kids, your cash uh, and your house quicker than ever. And you're going to end up with a problem being displaced into the family justice system which is not fit for purpose it's broken they're literally digging family court judges up out of the graveyard at the moment because the system is so overwhelmed by cases so i think this is the issue what we want is divorce equality for men we want proper genuine reform yeah. to make sure that we remove the idea of spousal maintenance the idea that women rely on a man i mean really in the 21st century uh, if you go to Sweden, they've abolished spousal maintenance. You have to stand on your own two feet. That's actually quite interesting about Sweden because Sweden's kind of always perceived as being kind of lefty, liberal. You'd mm. think that they wouldn't necessarily say that, but they do, don't they? They do. And it's 
progressive in many areas in terms of their, even their paternity care. Yeah. You know, the idea that dads have to be involved in the raising of their children. So they are far more progressive than the kind of prehistoric Stone Age family justice system we've got. You know, the idea that men really, we are being reduced to a nation of sperm banks and cash points who have to pay for children, we cannot see. And we need divorce equality for men, we need parental equality for men, because I think in this age, I don't want to see women chained to the sink. I don't want to see women said, you have to be the mother, you have to stay at home. You know, I want women to be freed from the sink, to yeah. go out and start businesses, become chief executive officers, to run the country, whatever it is. And the way of doing that, the way of facilitating that is to plug fathers, back into families, and that's what we want to see. Do you think, I mean, it seemed to me that, you know, regardless of, of your campaign, is that a lot of younger men seem to have kind of implicitly got this message anyway. Mm, I correct. mean, would you say that that's the case, that they're not getting married? Uh, well, it... up to uh, over 50% now of today's 20-year-old millennials are not, get, are not going to get married. Up to 50% yeah. will so, not get married. Yeah, will not get married. That's a figure that's going to go up and up and up. Compared to, say, can you give us a comparison? Well, I think previously it was in a sort of, sort of, you know, there was about 60, 70%. It was a presumption that men yeah. would get married and it's dropping off and dropping off and dropping off. And that's partly just down to the natural reaction, I think, as a, as a gender. We recognise that marriage is a terrible contract, that relationships have become more informal, uh, women are more predatory sexually because it used to be it used to be men who were predatory sexually, and I think the, the 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 dynamics of relationships and relationship breakdown, which is an unstoppable trend, mean that most people re recognise that monogamy, long-term relationships yeah. like marriage, are pretty unrealistic, um, and our campaign really kind of feeds into that narrative that already exists. We're saying this is getting married is a terrible decision. Yeah. We're conditioned to think. We fall in love. We get married, right? But as I said to the Archbishop of Canterbury once, uh, when we stormed York Minster in one of my bad day process dressed as a, a priest and Operation Father Ted, I said, you know, the Church of England sells this thing called marriage. And off you go driving down the road and then the car breaks down. There's no roadside recovery. There's no after sales assistance. You're literally left yeah. uh, at the side of the road. It's a terrible contract marriages uh, i found out recently that even if you are dead your ex-wife can still make a claim on your estate so even when you're buried face down in the grave you know your ex can still come back after you in fact there was a very good case i say very good case very terrible case for a guy called dale vince who runs a company called ecotricity and his wife came back uh, i think it was something like that 15, 20 years after they divorced, there were no children involved. He'd set up this amazing green elect electricity company and she came back and cleaned him out for a further 10 million. Um, and that is the problem. We have sexist courts, we have Jurassic judges who think men need to pay for women, yeah. right? Well, last time I checked, we're in the 21st century. Yeah. Last time I checked, it's the age of you know feminism. Last time I checked, you know, women keep telling me they want to stand on their own two feet. Well, if you're standing on your own two feet, get on with it. Let's start with marriage and let's have equal rights for men uh, after marriage and give men parental equality to see their kids. So um, is it correct to say that what you would like to see is something more along the Swedish model? Yeah. Right? Um, so 
what is the kind of political support you might have from whatever party for... Well, <laughs> or none. So, or... So, so, we're deeply unsexy uh, uh, and, and definitely not flavour of the month. Um, uh, listen, Ian Duncan Smith once said to me that, um, you know, if he was to support fathers for justice or talk about men's issues or fathers issues, it was political suicide suicide he said to me because all the men in parliament uh all kowtow to the mum's net because yes, yeah. the largest constituency of floating voters are single mothers that's yeah. the reality men are very tribal in their voting intentions they don't tend to change whereas women are are, are, are kind of far more uh kind of liberal in that sense of chopping and changing and i think with the conservatives particularly um, after Back to Basics, I don't remember if you remember. Yes, John, Team John Yo Major. And people yeah. have been banging their secretaries and uh, up to all sorts of shenanigans while attacking single mothers as it, as it was yeah. perceived. After that, the hangover from that was we can't, we can't be seen to support dads because there's an implicit criticism then of, of single mothers. And I don't accept, I reject that entirely because, I mean, I know when I spoke to Nigel Farage a few years ago and he said to me, well, look, Matt, how much is shared parenting? going to cost and I said how much is it going to save yeah you know how much is if we get better if we can take 90% of the cases out of the court system if we can improve the outcomes from our children if we can improve the outcomes from mothers who can start their own businesses you know be successful entrepreneurs if we can improve the outcomes of fathers if we can improve the outcome for grandparents yeah. who are providing childcare reduce the burden on the taxpayer in, in terms of uh, all those taxes we have to pay to support these childcare costs Better outcomes for children, better outcomes for families, better outcomes for our country. Surely that's a win-win-win scenario. And that's my message, but it's a message that nobody really wants to hear because it doesn't fit in with the political discourse. You know, we have big mother, um, you know, children have to live with their mother, and that's it. What I call mother superior syndrome yeah, yeah. This is what we which is what we live under. And that has to be challenged, and that's my job. And the job of Fathers for Justice is to be out there you know, challenging the dictatorship or the prevailing orthodoxy, which has reduced me, I say to the states of sperm bank and cash point, has discriminated against me on the basis of my gender and said I could not see my three children or don't have a right in law to see my three children. And why I'm still doing this, Peter, and why I'm still passionate about this, is I'm a father of three boys, 25, 24 and 16. Uh, and I don't want them to go through what I went through. Uh, and that's why I'm a passionate campaigner about this issue. I mean, you started, as we, as we just said, it's, it's just, just over 20 years, 21 years, yeah. I think 21 years ago. Um, you said you don't want your sons to go through what you went through. I mean, what did you go through, Matt? Uh, well, I, I went through, as I said, the, the living bereavement of, of, of losing access to my, to my two older children. And, and it was a um, horrific baptism of fire that left me and I'll make no bones about it. I, 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 I turned to my spiritual advisor at the time was Sir Jack of Daniels, God bless him. Mm -hmm. Not a great spiritual advisor at that time. I, could, I said, don't recommend it. Doesn't it doesn't answer back though. Yeah, uh, it doesn't answer back. Um, but yeah, I, I became incredibly depressed, incredibly suicidal. Mm. And then one night was on Waterloo Bridge and uh, I staggered, I was living in East London, Curtin Road at the time. And I just was just wandering aimlessly for the streets with a, I used to carry bits of paper. Anybody knew me at the time, I had paper with a kick. I used to keep lists. And there was like a list of reasons not to carry on, which is 
a bloody long list yeah. and it's the reason to carry on and that was my two children uh, Daniel and Alexander and um, I just it's just one of those um, sort of you know uh, sort of epiphanies really where you, you, you you're thinking do you know I jump into the Thames I was a Waterloo Bridge do I do I carry it or what do I do and and I, I just had one of those moments where it was like instead of jumping off bridges we could aspire to start climbing them really and that was the sort of starting point and and then being a creative being a designer um i just thought we, we just looked at some of the i'm a kind of got a bit of a sort of fan of 1970s comedy which may come through in some of my work <laughs> Apologise. It's not very politically correct. I'm not very politically correct. I wear politically incorrect things. I get into trouble a lot. But I just thought the idea that appealed to me was this idea of a bit like the Del Boy Heroes and Villains Christmas uh, special episode where they're running through the streets of Peckham as Batman and Robin. And I just kind of thought there's something very British about overweight men in Lycra. I mean, I look more like the Michelin Man than Superman. I'm going to tell you. Uh, so I don't wear Lycra much. You'll be relieved. You'll be relieved to know. But it was just the idea of just doing something that was tragic comic. Yeah. It was like absurd that we were had to climb these bloody buildings and national landmarks to try and raise awareness about an issue which nobody would report, which was effectively secret because the secrecy laws surrounding the cause. And the absurdity of a child on television, look, I was daddy mm. on the TV. Only time that child was seeing their father in one case. Uh, and so the idea was to how do we raise awareness about this issue? And I started it. Um, yeah, God bless Bob Geldof was around at the beginning and it was like, you know, fucking, 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 you know, as you can imagine without swearing too much. But yeah. it was, we had some sort of quite interesting heated exchanges. But you, you had, but you were, they were hugely successful, these stunts, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we we literally... So did you do one, Matt? Was it? I, 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 I've done a few, um, but I'll be honest, it's, it's well documented. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm terrified of heights. Right. So I'm not good. I could climb that, that table, right, and I'd be dizzy, right? Yeah, yeah. So ground level, great. Ground level, so York okay. Minster was when yeah. we stormed the General Synod and yeah. spoke there. Anything that involved climbing a chair, I'm afraid. I'm, 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 or Tower Bridge. I'm not or... your... Or Tower Bridge or... Buckingham Palace. Yeah. So, but I, I was the, you know, the, 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 the guy was sitting there coming up the crazy stuff and, and then encouraging my fellow dads to, to kind of execute yes. Yes. said plans, yeah. what we call cunning stunts. Yeah. Uh, I think at the time, I don't want to say that after a few <laughs> drinks. Uh, and uh, so that was the idea that we would, but it, we had to raise awareness about yeah. the issue. And, I, and when I started it, because I was going to go off and do a restaurant, I was in bars and restaurants, I mean, nice cream brands. And, 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 and I just thought we just need to, raise awareness about this issue and within 12, within 18 months of all front cover every newspaper cover of time magazine and maybe a book or a film deal might follow and we did it in 12 uh and we we attracted obviously a huge amount of attention which is positive in the beginning but what you're not prepared for you know it's coming but what you're not prepared for are the undercover journalists you're not prepared for the undercover police oh, you're no, not prepared no. for counter-terrorism command people falling around with buttonhole cameras parabolic directional microphones yeah. and basically just trying to trash your private life and uh, all the rest of it and that that i found quite discombobulating in a sense that as an individual 
I thought I could deal with it. But, you know, I was also coming off the back of a messy divorce. I was seeing my kids. Don't forget, I started FJ when I'd already restored my relationship with seeing the kids. But I still had scar tissue. I had damage to me emotionally and psychologically. And I'd gone off and done this thing. And it was, it, it, to be honest, it was insanity. It was really, what the hell was I doing? You know, it's like running down the stairs and smashing my head into a wall every morning. Um, because the intensity of what was happening was, it just became a lot bigger, yes. possibly than even I imagined. Yeah. But I'm pleased that over time, it's kind of evolved and changed. We're a bit more political. We've doing more help now with less emphasis on campaigning, more on helping dads, getting information out to dads, mm -hmm. getting shared care, uh, shared parenting wins for dads, restoring children's access to their fathers. Um, that's what the campaign is about, the organisation's about. But we're going to be doing divorce for men, which is important that we're helping men in divorce. I say most men don't realise that divorce doesn't give them any rights in law to see their children. In fact, most men don't recognise the fact they have no rights in law to see their children. You've got a... Oh, you did have prepared an advertisement campaign, mm. didn't you, for the uh, Tube? Mm. Um, but that's had a bit of a rocky uh, well, passage, hasn't it? I think, you know, we, we, we run into censorship mm. in various places. Yeah. Um, and the campaign has run, it's running now, but it's obviously running some issues with Transport for London and our very good friend, your very good friend, Sadiq Khan. <laughs> oh, I miss him God, so You much. miss him, you have your fond memories, <laughs> fond memories. Well, Sadiq uh, and Transport for London, who approved the advert, uh, the agency, ad agency we use, printed the advert. It was all ready to go up. Uh, and then mysteriously, they said that the advert, which is quite a tamed down version of a couple of original ideas, uh, it just says marriage is a trap, a man trap. But this advert could cause widespread offence to a significant portion of the public. Now, I'm often known for causing widespread offence, but it's only from because of my jackets. Um, but, but I have to say, it's outrageous. You know, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's political censorship. They run lots of feminist-based advertising, advertising about all sorts of issues, which some people may take offence at. There's absolutely nothing in that advert they could possibly object to, but it's a matter that's with our lawyers, and it's a matter where we'll be running the campaign via other different types of media. So this is happening. It's an ongoing campaign, and it's going to continue throughout the summer. Yeah. This is not a, a five-minute campaign. This is something that we are committed to highlighting because I think I feel a strong sense of duty to raise awareness, to warn men, to sound the alarm to men that the, the, the no-fault divorce laws are a trap, they're a man trap, uh, and also the fact that, that, that getting married, the best way of avoiding the trap, simply don't get married in the first place. Um, it won't protect you because obviously you could be unmarried uh, and you can have children and you can still have similar issues, but you are protected a bit better from a financial point of view by not getting married. But even unmarried dads, even unmarried dads, there's no automatic parental responsibility. If the mother doesn't put your name in the birth certificate, again, you know, you have to apply to court. Yeah. So again, on every level, you look at it from a man's perspective, the outcomes are terrible. The law is discriminatory and prejudiced on the basis of our gender. Don't you think that the general cultural atmosphere is worse for men now compared to like 20 years ago when you started? I mean, oh, you, yeah. you've been quite specific about, you know, you know, 
Fathers for Justice was sort of relatively, you know, specific in what it was campaigning on. But we've had, you know, a lot of people on here. We did a documentary with Anne Whittacombe yeah. about men being second-class citizens. Yeah. We've had people like Martin Daubney on and, and John Barry, a psychologist. And, you know, the, the whole thing is basically that men, toxic masculinity, yeah. all of this stuff. Bullshit. So it, it's far worse now, isn't it, than 20 years oh, ago? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know Martin, I've met Anne, great advocate, both of them great advocates uh, for men and for fathers but it doesn't fit in with the dictatorship of the prevailing orthodoxy. Don't get coverage on it. The only time we ever got coverage, uh, Peter, was when it looked like an action movie yeah. or we do something outrageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only time we get coverage, it's a disgrace. Yeah. It's a terrible reflection of our democracy that as a relatively successful middle-aged man, and I reject any claims on white, male, pale and stale, because ain't nothing stale about me, baby. But, <laughs> but I've got to say, but, you know, that we, we have no voice. I have no voice in my country. I have no representation in my parliament. You know, I can't, you know, to try and raise awareness of these issues is an absolute struggle, simply because men don't fit the minority box. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the only people who don't fit a minority box. Everybody else fits a minority box. We have a minister for women. Mm. Well, where's the minister for men? Where's the person coordinating the public health response to the men's health emergency, to the male suicide epidemic, where 14 men every day take their own lives? Yeah, what is yeah? it? Can, do, you, do you have any uh, comparative thing? How far has that been going up? Um, you know, well, it's been gently, it's been, it's, it's been bumping around and, it, and it's been going up slowly. Mm. Um, but it's just this significant undercurrent, which is, hasn't gone down mm. and it's not going down. Mm. Um, and I feel it will go up because the Samaritans, after a few years ago, re eventually recognised that the most at-risk suicide group are separated dads. Yeah. And that separation of children is a significant factor in the suicides of many men. So I think when you start looking at it like that, but because we don't fit the narrative, because, as I said, you know, <laughs> 100 years ago, Emmeline Pankhurst created the myth of male privilege, you know, claiming that it was a men were privileged when men were being sent off to die in the fields of Europe, that men didn't have a right to vote. A lot of men didn't have a right to vote because you only had a right to vote if you owned property. And a lot of men didn't have the right to vote. And the idea that we are somehow privileged, if you look at the statistics, because I've got to be a factivist as well as an activist, you look at the stats, the outcomes for men are appalling across the board. The male suicide epidemic, the fact that 70% of separated dads are uh, living poverty, homelessness, right? The majority of the prison population, the way we treat sentencing tariffs for men versus women. We have a gender apartheid. Uh, a justice apartheid in the, part, in, in the justice system where women are given one tariff and men are given a different, where a mother or a teacher can rape her underage child and she's given a far lighter sentence than a man would be yeah, for, yeah. For, for, for a similar crime, where you can make an allegation that you can destroy somebody's life like that yeah. by saying, you rape me. Yeah, yeah. With complete anonymity and you can complain up to £11,000 in compensation even if the person's arrested and even if they're not convicted. Mm. So we have now, this is the age of the manhunt. It used to be 
you know, we used to be witch hunting in Salem back in the, mm. you know, wherever it was. Uh, but now it's the witches doing the hunting. It's literally, if you're a man, I fear, I forever tell my children to be really, really, really careful um, around women and having relationships with women because you are exposed and you're vulnerable to allegations and stuff. And you're potentially, you know, say, you know, one of my sons is, is, is very successful at what he's doing. Amazing career, incredible. He's a very bright, intelligent boy. I don't know where he gets it from, but it ain't for me. Um, I, I, and I, you know, all it takes is for somebody to make an allegation, you know, behind the cloak of anonymity and it could potentially destroy his life, yeah. destroy his career. I, I, I reject that because that's not justice. We want equal justice where men and women are treated the same with the same tariff supply, but our, our view of men and women has been completely distorted. And I think that's down to a fanatical feminist agenda, what I call the, uh, this might offend people, but I call the shihadists, mm-hmm. Qaeda, mm-hmm. the, the people who don't want equality. They just want to trample all over men in their melanoblanics uh, because they want to punish us for the patriarchal society that existed 100 years ago. What I want to see a father's mother, sister's brothers come together in common cause to find better outcomes. It isn't about men. It's about somebody's brother, somebody's son, somebody's father. These are people that who either, you know, everybody had a father, even feminists mm-hmm. had fathers, shock mm-hmm. news. For feminists mm. everywhere. You had a dad. Um, mm. you, know, uh, you have a brother, maybe. You might have an uncle. So let's all come together. Please stop these kind of politics of divisiveness. Well, but what, what, is the, what is the... I mean, you know, it's just a, an impression. What is the attitude <coughs> of most women to your campaign? You, you know, you talk about this mm. kind of orthodoxy, but we all know that they're people who are in positions of you know, power, whether it's in the media or whether it's in institutions, but on a day-to-day level, are women sort of like quite sympathetic to you, do you find or not? Well, it's quite interesting. They, they tend to fall into the two camps, mm. like the huggers or the haters. Uh, <laughs> we're quite marmite. I am pleased to report um, that, that I, I have a mother. Mm. Again, breaking news. Yeah. So who I love dearly, who has had the most incredible influence on my life, without whom I wouldn't be doing this. Um, I'm proud to say that a third, over a third of our support was the women, mothers, mm-hmm. sisters, new partners, aunts, grandmothers, grandmothers, and a load of work of grandmothers, Peter. Grandmothers go through double the heartbreak. They go through it for themselves and they go through it for their children. Yeah. Um, so over a third of our supporters, our team at Father's Day, it's just never, it's never been reported because it doesn't fit the narrative. All women, mm-hmm. all women, you know? The idea that we are a bunch of misogynists is laughable. You can just look at my bloody wardrobe. You can see I'm not a misogynist. I mean, look at me. Um, as my, as I like to say, I'm in touch with my feminine side. Even my son disowns <laughs> me as his gay stepdad at school. You know, the bastard. Can you believe it? Um, so the idea that we're, look, I mean, we, we, I say, we're huggers, not haters. We just want a legal system that gets better outcomes for children, better outcomes for men, better outcomes for women that's fair and reasonable. And there was a poll recently actually by, by Vardags, who are solicitors, I don't know we mentioned solicitors without spitting on the ground, but I won't, um, but said that two thirds of wives recognised that men were disadvantaged in divorce when it came to see their children. 
I think most women recognise that there's an issue. I think there are a significant percentage of mothers who will weaponise their children to punish the father, father yeah, yeah. infidelity or some kind of resentment or issue. That's deeply regrettable. The courts encourage that, I'm afraid. That needs to be stopped. We need to make contact denial as unacceptable as drink driving. We need to make the issue of parental alienation, which is a pandemic where children are uh, turned against their fathers. That needs to be, in my book, a criminal offence. We need to start locking up mothers. As I know it's controversial when you say, if you break a court order, you go to jail. Yeah. You do the crime, you do the time. Now, people say to me, you can't send mothers to jail. I go, we already sent mothers to jail. Mm. If, if mum doesn't send little Johnny to school, guess what, she'll be fined, mm. she'll go to jail. If mummy doesn't send little Johnny to go see dad, nothing happens. Mm. Nothing happens. How can people uh, with the campaign, if they want to be involved or mm. help you, or I don't know quite how it works actually, what you require, but how can they do that then? Matt? Well, they can come through our, obviously our website, they can email us. What is us. the website then? Yeah, yeah, so that's uh, www.fathers-4, as number four, hyphenjustice.org. Find us there, or uh, Twitter is at F4J Official. Uh, come through there, send your inquiries through, anything you could do to help. Um, you know, we're not doing so much of the, you know, we, we won't be necessarily measuring you up for your super suit, yeah. uh, unless you're no. really quite keen to, <laughs> I mean, Peter, you look good, you're fine. Big of a man, a fine trimmer than I am. I could, I could see you on, I can see you on Buckingham Palace this weekend or next weekend, I should say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, anything you can do to help, anything you do to support. But the most important thing is, let's spread the gospel of love. Let's spread the gospel of equality. Let's tell people that the the, the best parent of a child is both parents. Let's get genuine reform. Speak to your MPs. That's the most important thing. Go and see your MPs and say. Why is there not divorce equality for men? Why is there not parental equality for men? Why are we still in the Dickensian dark ages when it comes to treating men in this way? Well, very eloquently put, Matt. Thanks very much for that. Um, we Thank will you. put the, uh, you know, under this video, you'll see the links there that we've just mentioned if you want to get involved with the campaign. Um, thank you very much. Been a pleasure. Uh, um, that's it for this week. So what you're saying is... We shall see you next time. Okay, thanks very much. Bye. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.